You're listening to CISD on SOAS Radio. Okay, good afternoon everyone. Um, so um, I'm just going to take you through, show you t- how to access the resource, show you how it works, um, do a few searches to give you kind of an idea of the kind of thing you might find. Um, and then, um, yeah, I'll open up for questions basically. Um, so from the library homepage, on the right hand side here, there's a link to trials to electronic resources. Um, If you click on that, you'll see there's a long list of all the different trials that are running. There are some others that might be of interest as well, so please do check that out. Um, One thing I will say is what I would really appreciate if you do have a look at these resources um, is if you could send feedback to me. My email is here. Um, It's really important that I get your views on this database um, if we'd like to purchase it. Um, I need to be able to provide academic opinion, including our research students, to why this would be useful. I mean, that's actually crucial for me. Okay, so it tells you a little bit about what the database is and how long the trial's available until, which is the 4th of December. Um, This one's the Foreign Office Files for China. And then a bit further on, we've got the India, Pakistan and Afghanistan trial as well. So we're on campus, so I will just select on campus yeah it does help you can see doesn't it um okay so this is the landing screen for the china foreign office files um it looks very similar to bear me one second It looks very similar to the um, India, Pakistan and Afghanistan um, files. Um, Basically you get a nice picture um, and then you get an introduction into what is on the files. Um, So in this case, um, different date ranges with what's going on. Okay, along the top (coughs) you have... We start here actually. Along the bottom here you have quick links um, which provide an introduction for instance to the database which tells you a lot more information, um, a bit of the history going on as well. Um, basically the, how the, the history of the archive as well. So the resource um, is published in six parts. Um, it deals with China, Hong Kong and Taiwan because this is the Chinese version. Um, and um, basically as and as said, the um, Foreign Office reporting covers politics, industry, trade and cultural affairs, so it's quite an in-depth resource. Okay. Along the top here, there's a selection of links. Um, so if we go to, this is the home, if we go to documents, basically what that does is it drops you into all the documents um, for this particular collection, the Foreign Office files for China. So you could just browse and see what's available. So if you then want to have a look at one, you just click on the link and it loads up. We'll go into more detail later about that screen. Essays, um, I've left a few (coughs) examples over on the side. Um, Basically, these are examples by academics um, of how they've used the archive. So this one's Catherine Ladds from Hong Kong Baptist University. Um, It's not just UK academics that are accessing this material. So it just tells you how they've utilised the archive and a little bit about their research. 
chronology. Are these essays uh, more contemporary or from a specific period? They're contemporary, yeah. yeah. They're the researchers that are using the archive at the moment, just doing a little presses of their work and how they've used them, basically, why they're significant. Okay, so the chronology um, is basically just a list of things that have happened. So at this particular time during the archive, um, archival resources being produced. So in this case, March, 12th of March, 1919, Japanese and American soldiers clash. So it's describing a battle, and it just goes on down um, to where the Treaty of Versailles signed and China refuses to sign. Um, popular searches, all that does is it basically pulls up a list um, of every, um, across all collections, um, of things that are popular, so things that you might want to search for. So there's things like links to Clement Attlee on the people side, um, on the topics, um, things like cheerful things such as atrocities and blockades and bombings, um, but also um, things like the Canton Hankow Railway um, and um, Chinese People's Government. So if you clicked on those, it would just take you through to a list of resources that are tagged with those. And maps. The maps I quite liked. I got a bit lost when I was having a look myself through this um, because it basically pulls back maps from the archive. So um, this one, for instance, shows you areas of communist activity in China. When it eventually catches up, it will show you anyway. So here we've got all the different regions and then we've got all the different factions. And the really neat feature of this is you can just zoom in. So it's quite a nifty little resource. Okay, so that's the bar across the top. If you look, it's replicated at the top as well, but that's for all the different collections. Okay, so let's go back to the home. Okay, now there's two ways you can search for the, these archives. The first is the search box here. So I'm going to search for a former Chinese chairman and any document that has this gentleman mentioned in any of the keywords basically pops up into my search results and because it's a full text resource I can then just click the link and what will happen is I'll be dropped into the record now okay he's highlighted there <coughs> um, they also um, tag by places that are mentioned in documents so you could just search by place and get all the documents that mention a specific area um, so in this case, we've got Hong Kong, India, Ireland, Japan, Korea, as well as regions in China. Uh, we've got the title of the item, which collection it's from, which region and countries it covers, 
the date it was produced and the reference from the Foreign Office as well, because all the Foreign Office documents have their own reference number and the department it was produced from. So that's useful to an extent if I need to find it again. Um, there's also copyright information and also topics. So this one covers piracy, police, ports, uh, British American tobaccos in there, um, exports, finances, fish randomly. So a wide selection of uh, different topics there. So if I want to go in and have a look at the actual images, I can just click on the first image, or any of them, and that will load up for me. And you see they scan the document in its entirety, so you get cover to cover everything. So to get to the next one, there's a little arrow at the top, and you can click and you can scroll through as though you were reading a document. And you can see, because a lot of them are typewritten, they can be quite hard to see. So you can make the item full screen and you can zoom in. So this one is from the Japanese embassy, sent back to the UK, talking about attacks by bandits in a particular region, um, and that Japanese troops have been dispatched. So this is Japan-occupied China. Alternatively, you can just scroll through this drop-down menu and jump to a specific image, or you can search <laughs> okay, weird, that's not working, um, for a particular Oh, that's why, because I'm spelling it wrong. Sorry. Okay, so I've just searched for bandits, and I've got 53 hits. So if I wanted to see every mention of bandits, I can just scroll through on here, and it will just take me to the pages where those are that word's mentioned. Okay, so that's my original image, I can go to the thumbnails on the left here, and that will basically populate the screen with all the scanned pages of the document. So again, it's just another way to browse through and see what might be of interest. Okay, now, because this is only a trial, the bad news, you can't download at the moment. But if we subscribe, you can also download PDF copies of the material. So I imagine that would be quite useful if you're researching particular documents. <coughs> you can, however, add an item to your light box. Uh, now, can I remember my password? Oh, it's not giving me an option to log in. Okay, we'll come on to light box in a minute because I want to just show you A few more features first. Okay, there's another search on the top right here, the advanced search. And that's arguably going to be more useful 
for researchers because it gives you more options. And one thing I have noticed on the little search on the front page is that quite quickly when you're typing in your search term, the front disappears. And then when you go back and check, try and check it, you just can't. So this is much better in that sense. So I'm going to just have a quick look for smuggling in China. Okay, and again, I'm getting lots and lots of results. I've got two and a half thousand over results. So there's quite a lot. It looks like most of it's accessible. Okay, so this one, I just brought it up because it looks slightly different to the other one. Um, basically, it's just pulling out the actual word smuggling and showing you different, different style of thumbnails, basically. So there's quite a lot you can do with this resource. And again, on these screens, the front screens, before you go in the record screens, um, you can download the entire document or you can download an image range. You can also export the citation. So if we're using RefWorks, or Zotero, it will tell you this is what the Harvard reference looks like for that resource. I mean, you could just copy and paste that if you're not using either of those resources. Um, if you're using Zotero, um, you'll need to come in and set up that you want Harvard before you import the resource. Okay, you can also add it to your archive. Now, I set up an account earlier. I'll show you these two features. So Lightbox basically stores images of the documents. You can go back in and access them. So here we've got that map of China that I enjoyed so much. The archive itself allows you to save actual document records and then the image thumbnails and all the details you can just reaccess things quickly so you're not having to remember how you got there because when you're using these kind of things for research you probably agree with me you can kind of go down a rabbit hole and then when you go back you're trying to find something else and you just can't remember how you got there so this way if you just kind of add it to your archive it's always available for you If you, when you're doing the trial, click on Archives Direct, it takes you up to the main website for Adams Matthews with all their different archives that they've digitised. Um, you can't access all of these. However, you can go here and it will tell you which collections we actually subscribe to. So the three at the top here, Confidential Print, Middle East, 1835 to 1969, we've already bought, so we already have that one. And then we're trialling Foreign Office Files for China and Files for India, Pakistan and Afghanistan as well. So if I wanted to then switch into Foreign Office Files for India, Pakistan and Afghanistan, I then just click on the title of that and it loads up and you get again a lovely picture and the layout's the same. You've got the top bar, you've got the search box, the quick links, you've got the advanced search. 
And one other thing you can do is you can search the entire archive using the search button at the top. So if I search for barely read that. Um, so I've searched for opium and, opium and Afghanistan and that will search the free collections that we hold at the moment and it will pull back material from all the different archives. So we've got foreign office files for China, we've got ones for India, Pakistan and Afghanistan and the confidential print Middle East. It's searching them all at once and returning all the holdings, so I guess that's pretty powerful because you don't have to go into each individual one. Um, and I wouldn't necessarily think personally to look in China for references to the opium trade in Afghanistan, but of course China was a main supplier, so makes sense. Consumer, not supplier, you know what I mean. So I'll just load this one up quickly again. It looks exactly the same as the other examples, so it's nothing different. This is one from same archive so now what do you do if you search for something where lots of things have been redacted um, Okay, I did have a search that worked when I tried it back at home, but apparently, haha. Okay, so basically what happens is it still gives you the record. <laughs> but when you log on, instead of getting all the thumbnails, you'll just get a page saying that the Foreign Office has basically refused to make that file public. I did have an example where it came up, but I've just run it and now I'm seeing everything, which is confusing seeing I practiced this morning and it was all fine, but I don't think somehow it's all been cleared and made available <laughs> in the space of three hours. So I'm sorry, guys. Um, right, what else can I show you? Um, across here, there's yet more options so you can refine your search. Um, so you can filter your results, so if you just want maps, you can tick a box and it will just produce maps. Um, you can narrow by date, so if you're getting thousands and thousands of results, but you're only interested in a key period, obviously narrowing by date would be the smart way to go. Um, Department and Office isn't too effective because we're talking about the Foreign Office files, so really that will be all you get, um, unless you do a cross-search, including the confidential print for the Middle East in which case you can use the colonial office as well. Um, what else do I need to tell you about it? I'm uh, getting to the point where that's kind of it, to be honest. One thing I was quite surprised about when I was trying to find searches um, was there was actually quite little information on partition and seek when I conducted a search for that. Um, I only got 173 results where I was getting thousands and thousands of results for partition in general. So I don't know if anyone's interested in that area, but if so, it might be something to explore. That's, that's partly also because in the India office and the British Library, they have a lot of material on the partition. Still 48, I think, they have a lot of material. Mm. So if there is something that you don't find, because they're, they're, these are really contemporary kind of documents, post-47 to 1980, that's really contemporary international diplomatic history. 
but if you want something specific to partition, I think you can you can combine whatever documents you find here with those available in the office library in LBL. Cool. I mean, this is um, a top secret report on Indian Army activities and the effect of influx of refugees on the Pakistani administration. So, someone's excited. That's good. <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, yeah, hopefully quite useful. Thank you so much, Vicky. Um, just, I mean, you know, thank you. I mean, that was quite a detailed run through the practicalities of using this, this, this fascinating database. Um, before we move ahead, is, are there any questions, any, you know, observations? Ed, would you like to kind of step in? Ed, by the way, Ed, Ed Simpson, he's the director of South, South Asia Institute, and he's been very kind to come this, this afternoon. So I'd request Ed to kind of give, you know, share his thoughts on this as well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Ash, thank you very much. That was uh, really interesting. My name's Ed, and I'm the director of the SOAS uh, South Asia Institute. Um, at SOAS, we have three institutes, one focusing on the Middle East, one on China, and one on South Asia. And my version of South Asia is the version of South Asia that incorporates Afghanistan and Myanmar. So I'm particularly pleased um, to be able to speak about some of the materials available here and the image of South Asia that uh, appears in the FCO files, oddly enough. Um, I also made to feel slightly old by listening to that presentation. I'm not so old, really I'm not, but um, 20 years ago when I was doing my PhD on India, the idea of having this sort of resource uh, where you could search, move across documents and you had access to all of these things so readily was literally unthinkable and it was only 20 years ago and it was still a matter of um, picking up pieces of dusty paper and searching rather endlessly through um, poorly catalogued boxes um, hoping you would find something. So I actually wonder because it's people like me who still teach research methodology in places like SOAS, whether our research methodology thinking needs to be updated really rather, and I need to be retrained in uh, thinking about what archival research actually means, um, as Avinash has said, because this is really a, a contemporary diplomatic archive, uh, and I feel inequipped to understand what that means intellectually, methodologically, and practically. It's also quite exciting to think about it as another way of of decentering archival histories. Although this is an FCO and UK-based um, voice, and although, as Avinash also said, the UK was, at the early part of this archive, a recently post-colonial power, over that period, the UK's voice becomes increasingly less influential in the affairs of the region. And I think the archive might be an interesting resource through which to trace that lack of influence as well as the FCO's own ideas of what were happening in the region. And of course, I think it's also very important to think that uh, in the UK, the FCO has been one of those institutions which has generated larger ideas which remain alive today about what people in the UK think about the region, the characteristics of the countries, the relations between them, and of course, UK, UK relations with those countries. So I'd also like to think that this archive gave some insight into the, the development of those relations, apart from the material documents themselves, which are uh, 
of relevance to you know people interested in borders and boundaries uh, and things like that as well. So that's really all I wanted to say. I would like to encourage my members. We have 60 academic members of staff here who are part of the South Asia Institute to use and to think about the ways in which this resource could further their research in conjunction with other archives, whether that's those in the British Library or in in Delhi or elsewhere in, in South Asia. But also I would like to think that there was scope for collaborating across the regions using this sort of research. We are a regional studies institute, regional uh, an institution. Regional studies is important to the intellectual traditions of SOAS and the scholarship that we continue to do and pursue, our languages, studies of cultures and so forth. But I think also because South Asia is changing so dramatically at the moment, you cannot really think of that region without thinking of relations with China, the role of Afghanistan in reconfiguring these regions. And I think this is a fantastic resource for not only understanding a history, but understanding some of the contemporary scene and the change that we're seeing in the contemporary scene as China, in the words of the director of the China Institute, as China begins to rule the world and things look really rather different. I remember I, I speak as the director of the South Asia Institute, but I believe that China is about to start ruling the world. Thank you very much.